We're spending this month uh, foolproofing our life. I don't know about you, but I've had some times when uh, I wasn't as wise as I needed to be. And I've drew some thoughts. I have actually have two openings, but I'm trying to figure which one I want. One is from Dr. Jeremiah, David Jeremiah, from his study book. And then I've got another one here that uh, I've been looking at. But God wants us to foolproof our life in this time that we're living we're living in an hour where many times you don't get a second chance in this world because there's a lot of people out there that are taking your life very foolishly. In fact, there are people that you may know that don't really put a whole lot of value on your life. And so you and I as believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ need to make our life foolproof. And there's not another, Bible, uh, there's not another book in the Bible that really deals with how we are to skill ourselves both spiritually, physically, and financially in our family like the book of Proverbs. And as I was looking at this this morning or this past week, I, I, the more I looked, the more I read. And, and as you know, Jared has passed out the hand, hand uh, pieces where you can, you're to read a, a chapter a day. There are many things that leaped off of the pages of, the, of, of that reading. And uh, the first morning I got wrapped up, I got so excited, I jumped through about five chapters here, and then I just began to allow it to soak in, and I began to, to allow it to penetrate my spirit. But I'd like to draw from Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 and 8 through the New Living uh, Translation this morning as we open the thoughts that we have for foolproofing our life. And uh, it begins like this. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. And whatever else you do, get good judgment. For the, the, your, your prize, if you prize wisdom, she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. I didn't say your wife. I'm talking about wisdom now. I want you to stay with me for a few moments this morning. What does it say if you prize wisdom? What does wisdom mean? It's, what is, let me first say this. What's a prize? It's something that has great value to us. How many have ever had a pleasant surprise or an unpleasant surprise? But the Bible underlines this, or it says it in very clear language. If you prize wisdom, it's going to cost you something. You're going to have to put forth effort. You're going to have to think before you speak. There's three kinds of people. There's people that think before they speak and there's some people like me they think as they speak and then we met a few people and thank goodness they're not here today they never think I draw from Bill Hybels this morning he said the world overflows with information data and knowledge but there's very precious little wisdom and everybody said have you ever saw such educated people and they're called politicians and they they just seem to lack a little bit of wisdom in what they say, knowing that the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And, you know, I don't know about you, but there's some mighty bitter things going on out of the mouth of educated people today. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit said he would be your counselor. He would guide you into all truth. And then guess what? He said you can know the truth, not you, you, and you, but we can know the truth, and the truth that we act on will set us free. So getting wisdom is one of the most important things as a believer. Even unbelievers study to get wisdom to know what to do. But the greatest thing the Bible says, whatever else you do, get good judgment. Make quality decisions. You, we all made a quality decision when we married the lady that took us for better or for worse. 
Why are those, there so many solemn women in the building this morning? You did say, hear the preacher say, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health. And there's a song, if I had it to do all over again, and I'll let you fill in the second part of that verse. Let me talk to you about, we all, we all are diff- from different fields. We've all worked in, worked in various places. We deal with different things. But let me talk to you about the wisdom of cowboy this morning as we open. Would you let me, how many cowboys do we have in the building this morning? Let me ask you this, how many have a horse with boot and boots? Let me see those hands. Oh, come on, I know there's more than, D- Diana, you've got a lot more cowboys. Oh, there you did. I knew, I, I knew there was some cowboys. Let me talk to you about cowboys and the wisdom. No matter where, what your calling in life is, you can have wisdom to deal with your life today. And the Bible says to get it, work for it, and then treasure it. Listen to this. Good judgment comes from experience. A lot of this comes from bad judgment. Letting the cat out of the bag is a whole lot easier than putting it back in. If you're riding ahead of the herd, take a look back now and make sure they're all still following you. I've done that as pastors, as a pastor at times. If you think you're a person of some good influence, try ordering somebody else's dog around. After eating an entire bull, a mountain lion felt so good he started roaring. He kept up until a hunter came along and shot him. The moral of the story is if you're full of bull, keep your mouth shut. I know this isn't really spiritual, but I'm really having fun sharing it. <laughs> Never, I should skip this one, but I'm not. Never kick a cow chip on a hot day. There are two theories about arguing with a woman. Neither one works. Find your, if you find yourself in the hole, the first thing to do is stop digging. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Always drink upstream for the her, from the herd. The quickest way to double your money is to fold it over and put it back in your pocket. We're not quite to the benediction yet, but there's some wisdom that we can draw from from cowboys cowboys proverbs have some good sound advice in them but they are really what the bible defines as wisdom as we look at today's message i think about the promises of god and what he offers to everyone whosoever will includes everyone nobody's left out of god's promises and, you know, it's a, it's a wisdom of God, and it's our choice as to how much of God we have in our lives. And you know what? We can, you're, let me just be honest with you. Even as a pastor, I've stood before you, and I've watched God move and minister through all of our lives. And when I get to the corner after everybody left the building, the doors were locked, and I got to the corner, I've even, I've even said the same thing or heard the same thing in my spirit that you do. What did he say this morning? And sometimes our retainer isn't, isn't as, because there's a real bid on what, how we think. The pressures of life, the duties and the requirements as, a, as parents, as grandparents. And I was thinking about Jared talking this morning about just not carrying cash and, and just carrying credit cards. Well, listen to me. I didn't carry any cash for more reasons than that. I didn't have any. 
But listen, listen, that God wants you to know that you're not left out of his plan. You can have all of his plan you want. And there's wisdom for every one of us today. And the invitation is, whosoever will may come and drink of the waters of life freely. If, let me give you a couple of points about wisdom. If you, the point is, if you want wisdom, you've got to seek for it. This is the information age. Google something, 1.6 second, trillions of pages of info, jump right out in front of you. However, we are an instant, impatient society, and if we want wisdom, it comes slowly. This month, our church is going through this journey seeking wisdom together from the book of Proverbs. And I can tell you, if you'll spend some time in Proverbs just not reading, but if you'll stop and meditate upon it, it does us all good. Let me out. Just I'm going to stay behind this plastic podium as much as I can because I preach shorter when I stay with my notes. But let me tell you something. Joshua 1.8 will plug right into this because I memorized it early in life because I don't know about you, but when I finish the journey of life, I want my kids to say, they may say this, thank God and Greyhound, he's gone. But there's one thing I want him also to say. He was pretty wise in the things that he did. He did so show some wisdom. Joshua 1, 8 says, this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I'll meditate. What does meditate on? It doesn't mean I'm just going to read it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to think about it again and again. And when I leave where I'm at today, I'm going to think about it again. And in the morning when I get up, I'm going to think about it again. And I'm going to watch for opportunities to think about it, and then I'm going to look for an opportunity to do it. This book of the law, this is what... It's called the book of the law. Shall not depart out of my mouth. There's wisdom found in the book, God's word. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I'll meditate therein day and night. Day and night. I'm going to think about how God would act, how he would react, how he would deal with people, the good people and the people that aren't so good, the friends and the people that aren't friendly, the people that have money, the people that don't have money. I'm going to meditate on God's word, and his word will be a lamp unto my feet. It will be the light to my pathway, and I'm going to hide it in my heart that I might not sin but do wisely and be a great representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited about this this morning. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth. Listen to me. I've spit out a lot of bull in my life. But when it comes to God's word, that God's word does not return void. It accomplishes what he sent it to do. It, it is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my pathway. In the darkest hours of my life, I can turn on the word of God. And it never fails. It always does what it says, and it says what he'll do. He's not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering because he wants you to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. And the reason I know that is because it's recorded in the book of wisdom. We've all made foolish decisions. We've all said, I wish I'd never done that. We've all tried to get our rod and reel and reel in with some words we wish we hadn't spoken, especially to our spouse, because we're human. Let me tell you something. We're getting close to the end of the journey of life. And God wants us to sharpen up on our wisdom. He wants, I heard a, an illustration in the class this morning. Jared was, was uh, reflecting upon his son and how he had ha handled a question at school. And when somebody had said, well, you know, how do you know there's a God? And listen to what a teenager said. How do you know there's not? That's godly wisdom. 
Listen, there's not many people wanting to prove their point as there is wanting to pick a, a, a real good argument. I went to school with a boy. He knew how to argue. He knew how to provoke me, and he knew how to make me mad. And so he specialized in it. And he did a good job. He got sick. He's been in the, in the hospital. He's been in and out of the veterans' hospital. One day as I, w- I, I made my way to the hospital, it's always a joy to go to the hospital. And the reason it's a joy is because I'm glad I'm not there. I'm just going there because you're there or he's there or she's there. And I'm going to see if I can say something uplifting that will encourage them. And I'm going to share something about what Jesus said about their situation. And then I had the ability to leave while they're looking for that ability. I walked into this man's room. I visited with him a while. It was a veteran's hospital. And, you know, the enemy is so good at playing things to us that aren't wise. And the enemy always says, you remember how he treated you when you were in high school? Yeah, but I forgot all of it. So you get out of my way. I'm going to act on wisdom. And uh, so we visited for a few minutes. I said, I don't have long to stay. Could I have a word of prayer with you? He said, absolutely. I just prayed a a special prayer of blessing. I said, Lord, I'm glad you love me, and and I call this gentleman by name, and I'm glad you made provision for us. We both graduated from Fairview in 1959, and you've brought us this far, and I'm just glad to have the privilege of standing by his bedside this morning and releasing your blessings on him. I said, as I got ready to leave, I called him by name. I said, I love you. And as I was walking out the door, he said, I love you too, Orville. Listen to me. Love covers multitudes of sins. And if you want to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove, you start heaping love on people that don't like you. You want to be wise as a serpent? Just treat them. When people treat you bad, overcome evil with good. That's what the book says about wisdom. Oh, moving on. I've lost my place here. Wow. However, we live in an impatient society. We want wisdom. It comes slow. I want to talk to you about what God's Word has to say. James 1, 5. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all, all, liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. This is shouting news. This is, you know, listen to me. God wants you to know that he's made provision for every step of life journey. His grace is sufficient. It's made perfect in our weakest hour. And he wants to load our thinking ability with wisdom. The storms and the trials of life head our way. And we have a problem with the issues of life that's addressing us. We need God's wisdom because a lot of people overact. A lot of people react. A lot of people are blaming God for all their problems. Listen to me. His grace is sufficient. It's made perfect in my weakest hour. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what he's done. Just look at the life of Solomon. Time is moving. My wife said she would... She would remind me that this is uh, communion morning. However, yesterday afternoon, I asked her, I said, would you please remind me not to forget to go by the church and turn on the heaters? She said, okay, tonight we'll go by and turn on the heaters. This morning at 5.30 when I woke up, I heard an echo. (laughs) 
<laughs> the heaters didn't get turned on. Moving on. Oh, it was, I know it's too good to keep. I've already been unwise. I reminded her. She forgot. <laughs> well, yeah, but I didn't. I was close to the door. Everything worked out good. Let's talk about the life of Solomon. So- Solomon was the son of David, the king of the nation of Israel. And one night God appeared to the king Solomon in a dream. And he said, Solomon, what do you want? Ask, and I'll give it to you. In 1 Kings chapter five verses, uh, chapter 3, verse 5, in the New Living Tra- Translation, Solomon says, Now, Lord, you've made your servant king instead of my father David, and I'm just a kid. I'm just a little child, and I don't know how to go in and come, go out and come in. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? God was so pleased with the request that, that Solomon said that God gave Solomon great wisdom and understanding and knowledge too vast to be measured. In fact, his wisdom exceeded all the wise men in the east and the wise men of Egypt. And it, today we have record that he composed some 3,000 proverbs and 1,005 songs. You'll find them recorded in 1 Kings. An example of wisdom wisdom of Solomon two women who were prostitutes came to the king and stood before him you'll find this in first kings chapter 3 verse 17 two women had babies but one night one of them rolled on top of her baby while he slept and it killed the baby and and so this lady switched babies and she took the live baby and gave the other prostitute the one that she had laid on in the middle of the night they brought their case to Solomon. The one lady says, I want to live, and here's what the king, Solomon said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take the live baby and I'll divide it and I'll give each, each one of you half of this live baby and that'll settle the account. But the woman who owned, who had given birth to the live baby said, no, That living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, no, but the dead one is yours, and the live one is mine. And the lady with the live baby says, give my baby to the lady who's claiming it, and I'll deal with reality. And Solomon says, I know who the baby belongs to. The mother that said, spare the child. Wisdom rose from that mom who hadn't lost her baby in a sleep. That baby was still alive. But she, she used wisdom in saying, I'll spare. I'll let somebody else allow the privilege of that baby calling this lady who's not his mother, its mother, so that she can live so that he can live wisdom every time we turn around Solomon is applying wisdom and the Bible says he became the most wealthy person in the world because he chose wisdom he 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 sought for wisdom he asked God for wisdom in a dream and God not sparingly but very generously said not only will I give you that 
Let me just read this. this. This story is so good. In the 24th verse, it says, the king says, bring me a sword. They brought him a sword. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give one half to the one mother and the half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son. She said, oh, my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, let him be neither mine nor yours, but you divide him. So the king answered, says, give the first woman the living child. And by no means kill him. She's the mother. Did you know that God knows the thoughts and intents of our heart? Do you know he, he looked at our ending before he ever allowed the seed to be germinated? Everything comes from a seed today. Your life is from a seed. Every, your, your faith is is God's word sown in your heart. And today, whether you realize it or not, the, the preaching, the ministry of God's word, I'm sowing good seed in good soil today because I give everybody the ability to say, my soil is good. However, in Mark chapter 4, it's a great explanation of four types of soil. We're not going there today, but let me say this. Let your soil always be fertile. Don't let the terrors, the cares of life, and, and the things of this world crowd out your life so that you can't allow the word of God to penetrate your heart and let me say one more thing don't let bitterness and unforgiveness cause your soul to be rocky soul so that the word of God cannot bring forth a harvest you know what the Bible says every tree that bears fruit it's not known because I called it an apple tree it's known by its fruit and an apple tree always bears apples. And a peach tree always bears peaches. And he says, by this, all people will know what kind of tree you are because you're a fruit-bearing tree. Neil sings. People try to figure him out. Andrew's been trying to figure him out for years. God had him figured out before she ever walked into his life. If you would like wisdom, Lord, I don't know how to figure this man out, but I took him for better for worse. Help me. And his sister said the same thing about his brother-in-law. Listen, God said, if you lack, let me know, and I'll fill that lack with overflowing. God wants to know, you to know today he's in the business of pressing his blessings into your life. He wants you to shake them down. He don't want you to get indigestion. His blessings you can shake down. He'll press down, and they'll be overflowing in your life if you'll just make time for the Word of God to be sown in your life. You can be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove, and when you're about to make a decision, you can say, Lord, you said if any man lack wisdom, let him call upon God who gives all to all men liberally, and God will show up. And he has caller ID, and he never does turn your call down. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. Thank God for inspiring Solomon to write down some of his wisdom in the book of Proverbs. This book has been preserved throughout the years, and thousands of people have studied it, lived by it, and become successful. I never did finish Joshua 1.8. I don't 
think I want to finish it up. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I'll meditate. I'll meditate therein day and night to do according to all that is written therein. Then I, I can make my way successful. Then I, I can have good success. Listen, God's already finished the finished work. When he was nailed to the tree, he said it was finished. And everything you'll ever need has already been paid for in full. But let me say this, it takes some asking. It takes some faith to reach out. You see, grace appropriated everything we would need, but faith takes. It's not works by works lest any man should boast. It's just by being receptive. I want to be a good receiver, Lord. I want everything that you have for me. Proverbs gives us wisdom in the daily choices we make. Where will you be a year from now? We'll be dependent upon the choices you make between now and next year. Proverbs is different than Forrest Gump mentality. Think about it. Life is like a box of chocolates. When you choose to live your life in obedience to the Word of God, you'll be blessed. Let me close with reading some things that were printed on products that we use that came from very intellectual people that are CEOs of large corporations. But let me share them with you and let you digest them and see if you digest them like I have. On the package of Rowenta iron, it says, you know, the iron like you iron clothes with. Don't iron clothes on the body. On nitol sleep aid, everybody, anybody ever tasted nitol? It says uh, on the warning, it may cause drowsiness. <laughs> a blowtorch like we get you know, oxygen settlings mixed together, and you have this torch, you light, and that torch, when you adjust it, will cut through iron. It'll cut through. I mean, it, it's got a sharp point, and it's made to cut. And on a, one blowtorch, it says not to be used for drying your hair. <laughs> on a push lawnmower, it says not to be used as a hedge trimmer. On a box of fireworks, do not put in your mouth. On a toaster, don't use underwater. On a mattress, don't attempt to swallow. I mean, these are people who are educated. These are people who got money in the bank. These are people who have stocks in their business. You'll never catch me drying my hair with a blowtorch. However, let me say this. I have taken some counsel. After, after I had the knee replacement, my hair just began to get thinner. And the spotlight in the back just started getting bigger. And every time I comb my hair, the comb had more hair than it ever had. Don, I know you're not very sympathetic with the story, but you listen to me anyhow. So I went to my counselor and I said, Honey, my hair's coming out. I'm really concerned. I never was, I'm the only person in our family that didn't have a, a, a handful of hair. She says, I'll help you. There's things on the market that will help that hair to grow. I said, bring some home. So she did. She followed my desire. She brought some home, and I began to take this pill. 
Every few days I'd take the mirror and look where you see that I can't see without the mirror. And it just began to get shinier. <laughs> but the big problem was the hair in my nose and the hair in my ears began to grow. <laughs> you figure that out now. Listen to me. <laughs> Be careful who you go to seek wisdom from. It's important you get wisdom from the right throne of grace. I told her, I said, you can, you can stop the pills for hair growing. I'll just deal with the shiny spots and we'll finish up. The, the introduction to Proverbs. Let me just wind up with words of Eugene Peterson from his intro to Proverbs in the Message Bible. Wisdom has to do with becoming skillful in honoring our parents and raising our children, handling our money and conducting our sexual life, going to work and exercising leadership, using words well and treating friends kindly, eating and drinking healthily, cultivating emotions within ourselves and attitudes toward others that makes for peace. Threaded through all these items is the Insistence that the way we think of and respond to God is the most practical thing we can do. In, matter, uh, in matters of everything practicality, nothing, absolutely nothing, takes precedence over God. Proverbs concentrates on these, certain, on these certainly more than any other book in the Bible. So in closing this morning... We're going to be spending the rest of this month, minus the 22nd of this month, when we'll have our special guest speaker. We're going to be spending our time foolproofing our life, asking God to minister to us wisdom in the challenge that you're facing. Not all of us are facing the challenges of another person, but I can tell you something. We all have the same father. And the Bible addresses us. He says, unless you be converted and become as little children, you'll have no part in my kingdom. And all God wants to hear is the cry of his children. Help me, Lord. I'm facing something that's bigger than me. I'm facing a challenge. I just don't know what to do. Help me not to react as a fool. Help me to act, act like one of your kids no matter what comes my way. And give me the strength because you said you had the ability no matter what mountain I was facing. You had the ability and you would give me to rise up with wings as eagles. I could run and not be weary and I could walk and not faint. Oh Lord, would you flood me with your word today and let it be a lamp unto my feet and a light to my pathway. Would you stand? Thank you, Jesus, for your blessings this morning. As we have music today, I want everybody that wants to be a part of communion to step out from where you're seated and come to the front. And we're going to take into memory what Jesus Christ has done for us, that we could have not only wisdom, but that we could have life eternal. And we're going to let the, the closing of this service today be a closing to remind us of the price that's been paid so that we could be called a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ you're here this morning and you're hungry for more of Jesus you're here this morning as you're coming down to partake in 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 communion today you're needing wisdom is to make a decision God hears the cry of your heart today God knows your your situation better than you know it he sees it from the very ending before you ever ask him to help you but if you'll invite him to he'll help you he'll strengthen you he'll give you courage he'll he'll help you make the right decision 
He said, in all your ways, if you'll acknowledge me, I'll direct your path. Today, communion is a time when we acknowledge the Lord. Jared's going to come this morning and lead us in communion. And as he comes today, and the, and the elders are, are sharing with you the cup and the bread that we'll all hold until everybody's been served. Would you just take a moment this morning and say, thank you, Jesus. Not only for being Lord of my life, but thank you that I have a Heavenly Father who cares for me, who's made provision for me. Thank you, Father, that you clothe us with a robe of righteousness. You give us the mind of Christ, and you'll fill it to overflowing with wisdom. It will only depend upon you. Lord, let this be a time of thanksgiving. Let this be a time when the memories of what you've done for us will flow through our spirit so that we can, out of our heart, express an attitude of gratitude as we face a world that doesn't know you. They don't know the blessings. They don't know the reality. Lord, more than over three-quarters of our world today don't even open their Bible or even believe today that there's a God in heaven. Lord, you've always had a remnant. And I believe that remnant is the church of Jesus Christ this morning. So today we give praise and honor to your name. What an awesome God we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.